Welcome to the fourth episode of the Pearl Podcast. Today, we brought on Mark Hildebrand. Mark is a 17-year law enforcement officer and current sergeant of the LAPD. He's also gone on a health and fitness journey himself, losing over 100 pounds. On today's episode, Mark shares with us some very real strategies you can use and implement into your daily life. If you don't already follow him, check him out on Instagram at leofamilyfitness. Without further ado, Mark Hildebrand. All right, Mark Hildebrand, thank you so much for joining us here on the Pearl Podcast. Really excited to have you on. I have uh, been following your social media account uh, pretty regularly for the past couple months, and I'll tell you what, I get pretty jacked up every time you you come on. I think you give a, a lot of really good information. So um, just a, a quick introduction on you from what I know, but I would love to hear more about your, your background. Uh, LAPD officer, um, uh, been on a weight loss journey of losing over 100 pounds and then really transitioning over the past, what would you say, a decade of being that health coach and inspiring others to, to make some really good quality life changes. So, um, yeah, I would love to hear more about your background, especially as far as how you really started your journey. Uh, and when was there maybe like a, a catalyst moment of, hey, I need to start getting my life in order and, and losing weight? Or was it kind of that slow burn of, uh, and then it, you hit a tipping point? That's a great question. That's a great question. And Dave, thank you very much for inviting me to the podcast. I'm definitely excited to to share all those things you just kind of talked about. Um, so for me, I, I, I mean, it was kind of like a slow burn in the beginning, but then the one incident happened that kind of get, got me to wake up. Um, before we get into that, though, like you said, I am a, um, I'm a police officer. I'm actually a police sergeant for LAPD. I have about 17 years on. Um, and I mean, before I got on the department, I was extremely out of shape. Um, and I was like doing the crash diets, all that kind of stuff to like lose a couple pounds, gain it back, just enough to like get into the academy. And then once I finished the academy, uh, it kind of went downhill from there. Um, was giving it all to my career. Uh, I wasn't connecting with my wife like I should have. I was like fully going into every training I could possibly imagine around police work. And uh, my mindset was crap. I had no mental toughness around, you know, eating or, or exercising and stuff like that. Um, but it wasn't until like it started to affect others that... I kind of like hit that rock bottom. Um, mm -hmm. So for me, and especially the a lot of uh, police officers and stuff that I help, a lot of times, um, and I, I find this in general public too, oftentimes we will do more for other people than we'll do for ourselves. And that sounds kind of sad, but at the same time, it's like, it, it's what got me motivated to actually put in the work that it took to lose 100 pounds, right? Um, so that was when my son was born. Uh, so he was born uh, at one pound, nine ounces, um, he spent the first 72 days in the NICU, um, you know, your, your first child, when you have your first child and uh, they send you home and they have to keep the baby there. Uh, it was, it was very like an emotional experience. And I had not taken care of myself physically or mentally. I was giving it all to my career, like I said, and um, I just like had a breakdown. And what I realized is like, I couldn't show up for him because I decided that I was going to eat crap food and I wasn't going to exercise and I wasn't going to make all those other things important. Um, I had like the biggest excuses in the book, which a lot of people look at me now and they're like, wow, man, you're like always getting past people's excuses. And that's because I've given them all, all of those excuses that people had. I mean, you don't get to be a hundred pounds overweight by not having a few excuses, right? Yeah. You're a master of excuses at that point. <laughs> exactly. And so now I'm a master at getting beyond excuses. And so, um, 
And so I did not know what I was going to do, to be honest. Like in that moment, I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to do, but I'm going to do something and I'm going to do it until it works. And there was just like a switch that happened that day where it didn't matter what I was going to do, how many times I was going to fail, I was going to find a way of not only getting into shape, because here's the thing, um, I know I shared about this a few minutes ago. And there's like, I share photos like my before and after of 100 pounds, because that's what people kind of feel that they're after. But in reality, I wanted that to be the smallest change. And I wanted the impact that I could make on my kids, uh, on both my kids now and my wife and the connection that I had be like an extreme priority, but then still own my police career and my own health and fitness. Um, and, and really, it kind of like worked as a trifecta um, of like, as I got better at my health and fitness, those other areas really did start to improve. And so I just put in the work um, and I did it despite how I felt. Uh, I tried many, many different things, finally ended up on what kind of works for me now. Um, and that ultimately led to me losing 100 pounds. And when I got there, it was kind of funny. I, I, like there was no like huge celebration. I was like, dude, like I've learned so much just in this process of failure. Like what other areas of my life can I actually do this um, and, and not only help out other people, but, you know, grow as a, as a father and a husband too. And so that's why I created the business about nine years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things, you know, uh, that I was really impressed about, especially with a lot of your posts is you have this laser focus, right? But you have this laser focus in so many different parts of your life with the mental toughness where it's not just a hundred percent fitness, and I think that's one of the detriments that a lot of people fall into, especially when they start um, uh, any type of fitness journey or health journey, is they think that, well, now I have to focus 100% of my time and 100% of my effort into losing the weight or into getting healthy and there, and everything else falls to the wayside. And you know, for me, it was probably similar to you. It was my career, right? right after I got into my current role and, and then got the promotions, it was 110% of my time going into the career, 80, 100 hours a week. And then you start to realize your physical health starts to, to fall off. Your mental health takes a big, big dip. Um, and then it, it creates an even harder ladder mountain to climb um, to, to get back on the right side. So, mm -hmm. um, what would you say for people that are, are, you know, January one is right around the corner. And so the people that are thinking about, Hey, I, I need to make a change. I don't like what I'm seeing. I don't like how I'm feeling. How do you kickstart it? How do you get them to just get, take that first step and start moving in the right direction? I love the question. love the question, Dave. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to go off on two different points here. Um, the first one has to do with the power of the people you surround yourself with. Uh, and, and here's the reason, like you reached out to me and I get a lot of people that reach out to me and there was just something different about the approach that you took and what I saw on your social media that was like, Hey, I need to hang out with Dave more. And the reason why is because when we surround ourselves with the right people, uh, we surround ourselves with people who have higher expectations of themselves. We naturally will have a higher expectation of ourselves. So hanging out with people who are like, not only talking the game around January 1st, but we're actually putting in energy and effort, not on January 1st, but like six months ago, you know, those people who are just being consistent, who are showing up, who it January 1st is just another day, start hanging around with those people because you will literally lift yourself up to their level. If you want to stay down at the current level, you can either, you know, chill with the people who are like the negative people, people talking about politics and all that kind of stuff, which you'll find a lot of that, right? 
but you start listening to the right podcast. You start hanging out with the right people. You start, which will be my second um, thing, like reading the right books, like fueling yourself with that, who you hang out with. Um, that is such a critical point. It doesn't have to be necessarily people, you know, it could be just people that you meet that you're like, yes, that's the kind of energy. That's the kind of, that's, that's the kind of growth that I want to experience. So the first piece would be who you hang out with. The second piece has to nothing to do with fitness or nutrition or, Hey, why don't you try keto or intermittent fasting? Because all of those things are great. I've seen people lose weight and feel incredible with all of those things. Um, but what's most important is like, sort of like. A lot of people understand that when you are um, like, let's say, trying to plan out your day, planning out your schedule, right? You plan it out because you want to tell your time where to go, right? So mm -hmm. you're like, I want my time here to be with family. I want my time here. And if that stuff isn't on your calendar, by the way, it's not important to you because it's not on your calendar, right? Because all your work stuff is you've got a schedule at work, but you don't have a schedule at home, right? So everything makes it on the calendar. But that's the same thing what personal development does. Like reading a book is will and listening to a podcast that motivates you in the morning will tell your mindset where to go. Because here's the thing, we all know that when we are like in a positive mindset, we are surrounded by like people who are just like really, you know, good to go. Like the whole rest of the day seems easier. But if we start off on the wrong side of the bed, it's like yeah. even the smallest thing you're like, dude, that just pissed me off. Like, oh my God, like, ah, somebody just cut me off. And like, it's the end of the world. It's like the world's coming to an end. And so we can take charge and responsibility for how we start that day. So for me, my team, especially, we read something. It's like uplifting, motivating, something that connects with us. And when I say that it connects with us, I mean, just because, you know, one of your buddies read a book and he said, man, that one really did spark a lot. I mean, you start to read it, you get to chapter three and you're like, this, this doesn't do anything for me. You need to find a new one, one that actually like connects with you because we're all individuals, right? That's why it's called personal development. Right. But that would be my two biggest tips is who you hang out with being like taking responsibility for it and then responsibility for like fueling your brain and getting it started in that right mindset in that right direction every morning. Yeah. Yeah. I love those tips. And I'll tell you, it's funny when you said um, surround yourself with the right people. One of the things that I actually did a couple months ago when I first uh, kind of started doing this was it's hard right now to surround yourself with people, right? Oh, Just yeah. from a logistics standpoint of yes. uh, being in a lockdown. But so what I noticed was, is I, you know, most of my time, a lot of the time is spent on social media. I cleaned out so much of my social media. I cleaned out the stuff where I, when I was flipping through, if I didn't see value in what that person, the content that that person was giving me, right? Um, if I didn't want to turn the sound on to their videos, if I didn't want to hear what they had to say, it got out of my social media because it was, it, there was too much and it was bogging me down. Um, and so I thought for me, that was like, uh, you know, it was my way of at least trying to start that process of surrounding myself with those right people, um, in a, in a digital setting. And then, you know, I was actually before the podcast, I was going back and I was listening to some of the other stuff that you had talked about. And what I like is I listened to something probably like from five or six years ago. But you said the same exact thing, right? It, you said the same exact thing of uh, find something, whether it's a book or a podcast that connects to you and fires you up and then don't move on, right? Like if you, if you continue to get that same response and continue to get yourself motivated from that piece of content, stay with it, 
right? We're in this information overload society right now where it's so easy to find the next book, the next podcast, the next thing, instead of mastering what you're currently working on and making it a true part of your life, right? Um, what, um, you know, I'm always curious, what are the books or the podcasts that get you really fired up? That's a great question. And I'm going to come over here real quick. Yeah. One of the things that our team is doing um, is in January, our mastermind team is going to start reading Extreme Ownership again. Love that book. Um, so there's, there's, a, there's a couple of books by Gary John Bishop, um, one called Unf Yourself. Um, that is a really good book about like negative self-talk. Extreme Ownership. Um, the reason why I'm reading this one again, because like you said, I mean, every time you read a book, you read it with a new pair of eyes. I mean, it's like you've grown, you become somebody different. And so you catch something new. Um, and this book has really helped not only me, but a lot of members of our team. But sometimes you got to take that time to really slow down um, and just like really connect, like you said, with those books that, that really hit home for you. So Extreme Ownership is, is one of those. Um, Unf Yourself by Gary John Bishop. Um, one that I recommend a lot about habits is called Atomic Habits by James Clear. His, he's like very scientific, but he's, you know, very matter of fact, um, not only with eliminating habits that you don't want to have, but also generating and finding ways to make habits that you want to have much, much easier on yourself. Um, and, and man, I, I could like sit on this podcast for like days to talk about the different <laughs> ones that I listen to, but, um, but yeah, it's just finding like what your fuel is. Um, and you brought up something, Dave, like super important. And that is like, Oftentimes we have to remind ourselves more than we need to learn new things. I think everybody's constantly like, okay, what's the next book that I need to learn from? What's the next this? And um, like, it's, it's oftentimes we have to remind ourselves because we've all done those exercises where we sit back and we think about like why we're doing this. Like, why is this actually important to me? Right. And we do it and we get so motivated and pumped. We have like, let's say a picture of the way that we want to look like, or we have this like vision of what we wanted to get to. And then like a week goes by and we haven't visited it. And so it's no longer like inspiring us and getting us to get out of bed in the morning time. And it's just like, oh, the alarm went off. I want to hit snooze. And you haven't had that opportunity of like revisiting it. So I revisit like probably five or six different books every year because of that same exact thing. I remember how like on fire I was back then. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the, your past can leave clues, right? If you were on fire when you were reading a certain book, when you were hanging out with a certain person, or you were doing a specific workout or, you know, those things you should revisit again, right? You don't have to keep learning the 42 different ways that you, you know, that's going to be the 2021 blow, you know, um, it's just going to blow 2021 out of the air. No, it's the, those are the same things that we've been doing for 20 years, right? It just might has a, have a different package on the outside. Right. Yeah. And that's a, I like what you said too, because uh, so many times we look at that one picture and we're like, this is what, this is what I'm going to look like. But then the fact is, is that we have this expectation of, of what life is going to be like, yet we don't actually start to put in the work to then get to that expectation. And then we go in the wrong direction because we're seeing it slip out of our hands every single day. Um, and I know for me, you know, uh, the book that I go back to time and time again is Mindset by Carol DeWick. Yeah. I don't know if you know that one, but that one for yeah. me was, uh, you know, I'm a big proponent, like I, I say on all my podcasts, I, I'm a big proponent of mental health. I will beat that drum until the day I die, especially with uh, men. I don't think we talk about it enough. We're sure. just told to push our emotions down. 
Um, and for me, it was getting to see a therapist who then just explained to me the concept of mindset. And it was like, it's very simple. It's, it's the effort that goes in, the strategies that you have and the people that you have helping you mm -hmm. dictate every outcome in your life. So if you can ask yourself those questions in that order and for whatever outcome you're not happy with, you can then start to reverse engineer your way to an answer. But I like the fact that she puts effort first because it forces you to hold up the mirror, right? right. The first question you have to ask is, have I done the steps today that will lead to the outcome that I want? And if right. the answer is no, just stop right there and just get to work. Right, right. That is extremely powerful. I've never heard it broken down like that. But um, I mean, just like you, probably a lot of, uh, well, not probably, some of the biggest breakthroughs have been when I've gone to a therapist. We have a police psychologist who, man, he's, he's on point. And what's funny is that I work for a department that has, you know, 9,000 police officers. And I feel like our, um, um, our police psychologists, they're like underutilized. Like they're always free. And I'm like, please, can I get on your schedule? Because there's so many breakthroughs when you kind of understand it. Um, and you kind of like break the wall down and, and, um, not let your ego kind of hold you back. But, but I mean, like we've been talking about, it's all about mindset. So why wouldn't you go to somebody who understands it? Right? Yeah, exactly. And the way I, you know, I just try to break it down as simple as possible, right? Like yeah. if my arm was in two, right. Mm -hmm. I would go see a doctor to get that yeah. fixed, Right. <laughs> Some if people my, wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, you would hope, but they would, yeah. but I, I just kind of look at it the same way. I'm like, Hey, if I'm not feeling the right way and I, and I have, and I'm having thoughts going through my head that I know isn't normal. I get, I'm a terrible ruminating thought person where the yeah. second the bad thoughts come, like it's that train that yep. will continue. Um, yeah. Let's go talk to someone that understands what's going on that can help me process it and figure out what's, what's happening. Um, so yeah, that's the, the mindset book for me is the one that I continue to go back to because it just made so much sense. And like you said, it's when I felt on fire, right? I felt unstoppable after I got done reading it for the first time. So I chased that feeling of feeling unstoppable again. Right. Love it. What would you say, um, you know, so for the, for the people that uh, do what you say uh, coming up January one, right? They start cleaning up who they're surrounding themselves with. They start, uh, taking the steps and getting themselves to go in the right direction. And they start that health journey January one, right? I, I read some crazy stats sometime. It's like 99% of all, you know, new year's resolutions are gone by the 15th of January. Mm -hmm. So there will be setbacks for people a hundred percent. No, there, that's a guarantee. What are some of the best strategies that you think people can then, uh, go to in order to overcome those strategies to keep the momentum going? I love it. Um, I would say practicing grace for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, because here's the thing, you, you kind of have set it up. So you're going to fail. I'm going to fail. Everybody's going to fail. And of course, the quicker we get back on, um, the quicker we learn from it, right? And don't just keep eating our heads in the wall, the, the quicker that results are going to come. Um, but I think that just like you, I can really ruminate in my, in my mind and start having thoughts about my thoughts. And then just like, I go down a rabbit hole and literally what that does, I, I think the purpose of it is because if we're confused or if we're afraid, then that turns into not taking any action. 
And then it gets back into what we've normally been doing, right? Like spinning around in circles. And so it kind of presents itself as like, hey, let's do whatever. And I, this is the way I think about it. Let's do whatever we can to get Mark not to take the actions that he needs to take. And here's the thing, like the one thing that we can do that like no other animal on the planet can do is we can become aware. Like we even can right. become aware of our thoughts, right? We're like, wait, 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 we understand failure and we understand that this is going to happen. We understand that we're going to talk trash to ourselves and beat ourselves down. But why? Like the last time that didn't work, the last, you know, 300 times that didn't work. It's about getting back on and jumping back in. And, and like you said, like reaching out and finding people that you can connect with who are going to help you out. Um, so many times, like people start off on New Year's resolutions, like in their brain, and they don't tell anybody else about it. And they don't right. get anybody else to buy in. They don't get anybody to ask for help. They don't have anybody like as a resource. And they're wondering why they're like not succeeding is because they're not trying new things, right? They're not, um, they're, they're, they're kind of like sticking to what they've always done. So they're going to get what they've always gotten. Right. And so it's, it's thinking about, okay, what is something new that I can try? Maybe reaching out to somebody, maybe trying something that I maybe thought, you know, wasn't even in, in the cards for me. And just really um, realizing that the only, the, the person who should really have your back is you. So yeah. like, if there's anybody that you have their back, it should be you. Right. <laughs> and so getting down on yourself and negative and all that kind of stuff, it just gets you to not take action. And so I still have those thoughts, Dave, I know you do too. We all are human beings. They are natural reaction. But now that we understand that we can take that bird's eye view and go, huh? So I'm probably trying to do this so that I don't take the actions that I need to take, but you know what? That didn't work before. So I'm going to get beyond that. Um, and then just keep, keep plugging into who you're hanging out with. Keep plugging into, um, you know, if you're, if you're doing your exercise routine, if you've got some kind of nutrition or something, you just get back on and say, guess what? This is a part of the learning process. What can I learn from it? Yeah. Yeah. I love, uh, the two things that you said right there, I love is a taking that bird's eye view and stepping back. One of the things that I've heard, uh, that really made sense to me and clicked was, you know, when, when you're overwhelmed, that's when you procrastinate right? Yep. When there's so much stuff going on. Uh, because again, I think we, when we think about, oh, we're going to start this fitness journey, we, we, we start to compartmentalize that, right? And we start to say, well, I don't understand why I'm getting so overwhelmed because there's not that much that goes into it. I just need to exercise and I need to, to, to eat right. But there's so many other components of your life that are then affecting those, um, uh, decisions that you're making for your health. Right. And so if you can step back and you can get a bird's eye view of your entire life and everything that's going on and start to prioritize the things that need to get fixed, right. You might realize, yeah, the re well, Hey, the reason that I'm making these bad decisions and I'm not, uh, getting enough exercise is I'm sleeping for four hours a night, right? right. Like let, let's fix that. And then that you'll see that you have more energy throughout the day and, and you can focus on the other stuff or, or like you said, is focusing too much on your career, right? And I'm giving all of my effort, I'm giving all of my willpower because there's only so much willpower you have throughout the day into this one part of my life and I have nothing left over here. So of course I'm going to stop at McDonald's on the way home instead right. of making a healthy dinner for myself. So I really like that that concept of just zoom out a little bit, get a grasp of what's going on when you're feeling overwhelmed and you're feeling all that, 
um, to, to kind of figure that out. So, right. um, I like that a lot. What, um, what are some of the things that, uh, is unique? So I, I don't know anything about law enforcement. I'll be the first one to admit that. Uh, what I do know is I could assume, or, or what I could assume is the stress level is probably through the, the roof, right? You don't know what you're walking into on a hour to hour basis. Um, and then from what I've seen from family members as well, uh, that are in that industry, it's your schedule is consistently changing, right? It yep. is sometimes you're on days, sometimes you're on nights. And, and so it, it creates a lot of hurdles to overcome, to create some type of consistency around your, your health and, and your routine. So do you have any, uh, I, I know you have insight specifically for it, right? As far as how can you start to create some of that consistency or what are some of the things that you can do if maybe you're not in law enforcement, uh, but you have a very unpredictable schedule that you're, uh, trying to overcome. Love the question. Love the question. So, um, I mean, I can kind of summarize it in one word and it is like stress. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's yes. In my police career, we experience it going from radio call to radio call and not knowing what our schedule is going to be. Um, and then my family experiences it, whether or not Mark's going to be coming home for dinner, um, or coming home at all. Like there's a lot of stress there, but every, every, I mean, there's stress everywhere, not just in the police career, but just in, in general right now in life, right? There's so many, so much different stressors that are kind of coming on with politics and everything. Right. And so I would say like, um, and I'm sure you'd agree with this, like self-care is so critical when it comes to stress, because there's some stress that we can kind of like reduce um, some that we can eliminate that we bring on ourselves, but there's stress is a part of life too. And learning really like how best to cope with it. Um, I know I exercise, I like verbalize with my wife. I talk, communicate, you like get it out. Um, I do like some meditation, some mindfulness techniques in the morning time. I practice gratitude. Like I read books that are designed around that. Like just making sure that I can do the best that I possibly can to reduce my stress. Um, I even focus on specific ways that I can eat to help me reduce stress. Um, mm. And I mean, just all around, just trying to give myself that self-care because we put ourselves like, man, it, it's the amount of stress that we put ourselves into. We've got to be able to take a second to like just rest, right? Not just sleep, which is super critical, right? To this reducing of stress, but also having moments where we're just by ourselves and we're in our own, you know, in, in our own thoughts and we can kind of quiet it just for a few minutes, even like five or 10 minutes of like meditation has really helped me. But it's really just finding out what that self-care is for you um, and, and how you're going to be able to like really reduce the stress as much as possible, knowing that it's never going to um, be fully gone. And then on uh, when it's like massive amounts of stress, seeking some outside help, like finding somebody who can really understand that, who can really help give you the guidance that you need to get out of there. Like you get in the middle of like a catastrophe or something like that. Like trying to just do self-care is not probably the answer. You probably should go seek a professional to really help you with that. Um, there's a lot of different circumstances that, that that could, you know, come to play, even with like conversations and stuff with your kids or going through a divorce or things like that. Like it's time to go outside and, and, and seek for the answers outside. Um, but self-care is always um, something that I go back to because whenever I have a stressful situation, whenever I find that I just like, I'm just, I just get completely stressed out. It's because I put self-care last. 
I was yeah. like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to pull away from sleep. I'm going to pull away from this. I'm going to pull away from exercising because this needs more of my attention. And I'm never better at that thing. When I do that, I'm always worse. And it's like being a, being stressed out is never the answer to like, people don't want a leader who's stressed out. Right. You don't no. want, you don't want to, you know, have a dad who comes home who's stressed out. Right. And brings work home and vice versa. So, um, anytime that I notice that I have been just completely out of sorts is because I haven't, um, I haven't been practicing self-care either that day or that week. And I need to get back on track. Um, which by the way, I know that we're kind of talking here, but like, I hope everybody who's listening does not think that we have it all figured out because we make mistakes. And I don't want to say you, but like, I make mistakes oh, yeah, all yeah. the time, all the time. Like I, I, I talk a lot with my team about like <laughs> connecting better with their kids and then like, all right, afterwards I'll like snap at my son and I'm like, what the hell? Like, what am I doing? Yeah. It's part of the human experience. Right. But we're growing to become better. So, um, I just wanted to throw that out there because all these things that I'm talking about are things that I still screw up, but I get back on quickly and I keep making progress and surrounding myself with the right people. And I'm never going to get to the point where I learned it all. Right. I'm always like, what else can I learn about this? And I'm sure you're the same way. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I, and that's actually one of the things, you know, that I really like about a lot of the videos that you put up is you lean into, um, admitting your faults, right. And admitting, Hey, this is where I screwed up. I noticed this week, this is where I didn't do well. And this is what I need to do better. Right. And I think that's honestly just part of, uh, the process, right. Is that self-realization of where are you, where are you crushing it and where do you need work on? Um, uh, I hate the phrase practice makes perfect because there is no such thing as perfect. There will never be a thing as perfect practice makes progress. Right. And yeah. so that's all you need to do is you just need to continue to practice whatever those strategies are that are going to work for you. I know, uh, for me, the, that self care is really around the, the calm app and breathing techniques and meditation. Um, you know, my, that's been one of the big best strategies that I've been able to implement, not only, uh, on a day, like multiple times throughout the day, lunch, you know, afternoon. And even if you just do five minutes, I've noticed that it, it, it calms everything and I can then process the information that's going in, in my head. And it's not just running around like a hamster wheel. Um, I can then start to process it and actually, when I was talking to my therapist about it, he was like, yeah, the, the reason that's happening is because you're increasing the blood flow to the frontal lobe of your brain. Right. You're you, like the actual processing part of your brain, you're, you're now creating more blood flow to. And so it does a better job of firing and figuring out what the issues are yeah. instead of just reacting to it like the primal animals that we, right. we are. So that's been a, a big one for me. Um, what do you do? Uh, I, I know one of your other big pillars, right, is uh, connecting with your family, right? You really uh, make sure that you have a good connection with your family, your, your kids and your wife. Do you have strategies around how to, uh, like you said, you don't want to be the dad that brings work home. That's hard for a lot of people. That is a very hard thing to, to cut the cord from work because and I can talk from self-experience, a lot of my self-worth was built around my career, right? And so if I'm not doing well at work, I'm not doing well at life, I'm a piece of crap, 
you know, and then there, there goes that train. Um, so do you have good strategies that people could take away to say, Hey, this is how I can, uh, start to cut the cord from, uh, work life and, and ha- start to have that balance. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So as I pull, actually sometimes even when I'm driving home, but as I pull into, um, into my garage, I start to ask myself, like, um, how can I be effective, most effective right now? Like who, who needs to walk through the door right now? Um, there's this, um, I, I forget, he calls it the alter ego effect. Um, but he talks about like, we have these different egos. We have these, like, uh, um, like we have that person that we want to be at work. Right. And then we have that person that we want to be when we're in the gym or exercising. And we have that person that we want to be at home. And like, when you make those transitions, it's important to like, let go of the previous before you kind of like take on that next mm-hmm. one. So I will use the buffer of either driving home or just chilling in the garage for like a minute or two and going, okay, like, who is the father that is going to be walking through this door right now? Is he going to be the kind of person who's going to bring the negative energy and just start the night off wrong? Or do I want to go in and do I want to tickle my son? And do I want to ask my, my daughter what she did on her, um, you know, on Fortnite or like whatever it is that she was doing that day and just be fully present and into what they're going through. And when I start to think about that, um, it helps me to, to like reframe it. Um, Mm -hmm. and then of course, I know I talked about this earlier, but practicing gratitude. So, um, there's a lot of times when I don't do that, where I go just run into the house because there's like a fire burning. Right. And, um, I get to that point where I get a little, um, angry or upset at one of my kids. And I just take a second to go, okay, like, what do I love most about Andrew? Like, I I think about that, like he's either mouthing off at me or screaming or something. I'm like, okay, what do I love most about him? And I think about like how kind and considerate he is and how like, um, my daughter, how creative she is and how like, she won't take no for an answer. And I'm like, I love that. I don't love it right now in this moment when she's not taking no for an answer, but I love that. I love that about her. So how can I be upset at something that actually I love about her? And it just flips the switch for me. Um, And and the reason why, like, um, I I think the lesson here is like the, the level of questions that you ask yourself, the the kind of questions that you ask yourself Mm -hmm. um, will generate the kind of answers that you get. So if you ask yourself like negative questions, like, man, why can't I do this? Or I should have done this, or I should be like this. You get into that, that there's a negative response to that. There's no positive. But if you're like, how might I really connect well with my kids today? You know, how might I do something that I've never done before? So I can see them like their eyes light up when I run through the door right now. Like, what could I do just would be out of normal that everybody would just kind of freeze and just laugh at me, you know? And just like really thinking about that, you're going to generate positive, um, positive answers. Just like how when you're like, you're asking me amazing questions and it's kind of setting up the answers. It's the same thing that we do with other people, but also in our brains. And so if we start asking ourselves better questions, like how might I make this transition into this house and be the father that I want to be? I mean, that's what it's all about. Right. And then for me, it's like, okay, that's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to show up like this. I think about everything that I've, I've kind of learned around that in terms of like, asking them questions that is just not the, how are you doing? How is school? Like, that's just a normal, like, you know, the drift, right? You're just going through the drift. How's the the weather? Yeah, exactly. How's the weather? Like, that's not going to get any conversations, but asking them like, hey, you know what? If you could be a superhero, what superpowers would you have? And why would you want to have them? 
Like having, just asking that question during dinner time, everybody's like, oh, I wish I could have this. I wish I could be invisible. I wish, I and that's like where that connection goes because you learn a lot more about them and what they value, but also you're just getting out of the, the monotony of the same questions or just eating and not really connecting with each other. Um, so those questions are questions that I ask myself before I walk through the door so that I can be prepared because whatever happens on the opposite side of the door is not going to influence me. If I take this beforehand and go, Hey, I could walk in and it could be awesome. Or I could walk in and they're like, kids are screaming. And you know, my wife is just in a bad mood because they haven't been doing their schooling and stuff. I'm like, regardless of that, who do they need to walk through the door right now? Right. And that question always gets me to show up better. Um, I just wish I would remind myself to do that every single day, right? Right. Yeah. No, that's awesome. For me right there, uh, anyone listening, that is a rewind moment. Go back two minutes. And uh, I, I've never heard anyone honestly uh, break it down like that where, you know, if, if you ask yourself, I should have done this or what could have gone better, there is no positive outcome. There is no positive answer that you're going to get your that you're going to manifest in your brain from asking yourself those questions, but reframing it and saying, you know, who do I need to be right now? What does my wife need right now that I can give her? What do my clients need? What do my employees need? Right. That then I can, I think also to be more of service, which is going to make me feel better uh, internally, because like you said, people will continually want to do more for other people than they want to do for themselves. Right. Um, which is, it's a tough balancing act because on one side, I, if I do things for other people, I, I feel better about myself because I have helped someone that I care about. But on the flip side, if I do too much of that and I ignore myself, right um th then i i can't help people if i'm sick and dead mm -hmm. right like you, yep. it, i try to go to those extremes to get people to to understand how it could out actually outcome and so that's one of the other questions i had is uh how do you how do you create that balance right of of help people so that way i can feel better about myself but also help myself right and realize when should I be taking the time to be focused 100% on myself? And it's okay. It's not selfish. It's self-care. Right. Yeah. And I mean, you hit it right on the head right there. Um, like if we uh, don't fill our own cups, we can't pour into other people. Right. And so if for me, my realization is like when I'm not showing up is the kind of person that I want to show up in those situations. It's always because I haven't made myself a priority and I haven't done something to fill up my own cup. Um, so I have um, a list of my three core values that I read every single day. And my second core value is I prioritize my physical and mental fitness because when I do, everyone else benefits from it, including myself, my family, my career, and my business. And so every day I remind myself, like I was saying in the beginning, you have to remind yourself, I say, that's why this is a priority. That's why I'm spending these first like an hour and a half to two hours on me. And then I can work my business. Then I can go to LAPD. Then I can do the father thing and all that kind of stuff because that makes me better over here. And um, it was this realization that whenever I skip this, even 20 or 30 minutes, like this becomes not as good. And the kind of person that I show up as is not the person that I want to show up. So 
I read this like every single day to make sure that I'm living within my core values. Um, so our core values are kind of like innate, meaning when we are living and we're fulfilling them, we feel like we got to the end of the day and we're like, yes, I, I lived a great day. I don't know why, but I did like, I feel like I'm on point today. And when we don't feel that way, we get to the end of the day, we're like, oh man, I don't know what's going on. Like, I have no idea what's going on. I'm just not feeling like I didn't really show up today. A lot of times it's because our core values, we didn't focus on them. Um, like any day that I would have, like um, when we had like the right riots and the protests and stuff, like in the, um, in May and June, mm-hmm. like I would like literally be working 16, 18 hour days, like 13 days in a row. And when I got home, I would have this feeling of like, Hey, I didn't like, I, I just don't, I feel off. And it's because I wasn't making those core values a priority. I was putting my sleep, I was putting the, the connection and stuff on the side burner instead of asking myself, well, I know that I have this crazy stuff going on, but how might I make that a priority no matter what? And when I started asking that question towards the end of those 13 days, I started to get back into alignment, but it had to do with me reading those core values every day and going, okay, these are the three things that are my focus. And if I'm if I'm doing things throughout the day, there's sometimes you have to do something out of your core values. But yeah. if you're like, if I'm relating what it is that I'm doing to one of my core values, I just show up better. I'm like, hey, this is me practicing my core value. Um, and it's just, it's so much easier for you to generate the energy that you need to really show up for that thing. Um, but like you said, it's always about like you taking care of you. And I mean, just the reframe, just kind of like the reframe around like, um, Failure, you know, it's that's really actually a stepping stone to success. It's the same um, when it comes to taking care of yourself, when it comes to taking care of other people and taking care of yourself. Like, yes, we all want to be able to take care of other people, but never from a place where our cup is not full. And that's what so many people are doing. I mean, I know you see it. They don't take care of their health. They don't take care of their fitness. They don't take care of their mindset. And then what they're expecting is like, oh no, I've got to put in more time for my work. I got to put in more time for my family. And they're like pouring from an empty cup, wondering like, why do I feel like disconnected? Why do I feel like I'm not showing up at work? Why am I so negative all the time? And it's because they're not starting over here and then dripping it out over here. You know, it doesn't go reverse. You know, you don't, you don't get an energy from working 18 hour shifts, you know, and spending like three and a half hours in the same room as your family, but not actually connecting with them. Right. It's all about that, that quality stuff and starting over with your health and your fitness and filling up your cup physically and then mentally too. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's great. Uh, one of the, the questions I had as you were talking about that is how do you figure out what your actual core values are? Right. Because I think some people, um, probably struggle with that. Right. And they, they want to figure out, uh, especially, you know, I, I can remember, uh, being younger, coming up through my teenage years, early 20 years, and really trying to figure out what is my my North Star and where do I really value, uh, you know, what, what hills will I die on, essentially, mm-hmm. and which ones am I okay leaving to the side? And obviously, as you continue to grow, you know, those, those core values will change mm-hmm. uh, as life throws you more experiences, but how do you get a grasp of where are my core values today? Right. Knowing that they, they could change, but where are they today? Yeah. And, and I've, I've actually found that most of the time they don't change. It's just, you get more crystal clear on what they are because my core values from when I first, I mean, I, I first started by like doing a Google search and figuring out like, and so I was like very foggy about it. 
but then a part of the, a mastermind where I'm the actual student, they actually took us through this exercise. It took about 45 minutes. Um, and I'll explain to you uh, how that kind of worked in a second. But it just gave me so much more clarity. And I'm like, oh, man, these are different core values. But in reality, when I look back at it, it was similar, but it was just like now a lot more clear to me on which one was, you know, how, how they were kind of arranged. And so um, how, how the mastermind team that I was a part of did it, um, and this is also the first thing you do when you become a part of my mastermind team, because it's been so powerful uh, um, with your time management, especially because if it's not in congruence with your core values, you just eliminate it because it's not mm -hmm. worth it, right? So basically what you do is you go back to a time in your past when you felt like most connected to your family, when you felt like um, you felt like you were like making an impact, the level of impact that you really, truly want to make. So you go back to the past and you think like, where, when did I feel like most on point? And then you kind of like write out like, what were you doing? Who were you surrounding yourself with? Like, what, what are the things that you can pull from that amazing life experience that you had when you felt most connected to people? What were you doing for them? How were you doing it? And you basically pull that information out and then you can put it into what, um, in the process of working through it, you can actually put, put it into like a core values, basically breakdown where you can summarize it based off of two or three different experiences that you've had, pull out the things that sound really important to you and then it makes it into your core values. Um, there's some core values training that's like, and I did this one way back, where you have like a hundred words and you start crossing off words. Yeah. The problem with that is you start to like having, like again, having thoughts about your thoughts. So you have a thought like, oh, well, I should probably want to be a good leader because I, I kind of like leaders and it's cool to be a good leader. And so you circle that one, but it's not really you. Right. Visit this time in your life where you were like, you felt most connected like, and what was kind of going on in that situation, um, um, you can really like find your actual core value. And I, I can share with you like one of my situations yeah. and how I pulled it out, if that will help. Yeah, you read my mind because I was going to ask if you had a good one you could share. Oh, for sure. So one of those times, I remember I was in line um, at Disneyland and I was with my family. And that day, um, I decided to try something different where instead of having my phone on my, uh, in my pocket, I like literally put it in the locker at the front of Disneyland. Okay. And so we were at, um, space mountain and it was like my kids first time ever being on there. And they were just, I was like looking at them. They were so excited. They were like, Oh, I'm like a little scared. And, and we were just like really connecting, like just on a different level. And yeah. the line like took a long time and it was hot, but I, I felt like it just went by in an instant because we were just talking. I was sharing some of my, my, um, my past and stuff with them. And what I realized is when I examined that entire thing, it was really that I, one of my core values is creating like these memories with my family and having like this connection by spending like intentional time with them unplugged from everything to make sure that I'm not distracted. Like I was fully there. I was fully committed. And we were like really connecting on a deeper level than just what we would do if we were waiting in line and seeing the joy in their eyes, seeing the excitement, taking them through some of what I experienced when I was a kid, when I went on my first roller coaster, I basically took these things and I go, that's where I felt like I was like, this is amazing. It's amazing to be a dad and have this kind of connection with my kids. Um, and then I grabbed out of those, there those words. I grabbed like, um, a, you know, family creating family memories. I'm having a great connection. 
being disconnected from the outside world to avoid being distracted and having like intentional family time. So that is what I put into my first core value because that's really for me, that's what it's all about. That's why I talk so much on my podcast and on my team about like family and connections. Like people are like, dude, you're a police officer. Why do you talk about family and connections so much? Because this is like what is missing from a lot of people who have our my career and they say it's because they're too busy at work. And I'm like, no, this is what creates, it feels like it's very valuable to me. And if I'm not doing that at least once a day, then I feel like I'm not really living like on purpose, right? And I didn't, I didn't really have that kind of connection with my father. And so I'm like, I'm going to create that for my kids to the point where they feel it's normal. That that's what just what you do as a dad. Not only do you become better by surrounding yourself with, with people in a mastermind and learn how to become better, but also you make the family a priority and you unplug. You put your phone away, electronics away, and you give them your undivided attention. Because that's really for them. They're like, man, I, my, I even ask them like, hey, what is, when you feel most loved by me, what, are, what am I doing? And they're like, you're just paying all attention to me. And like learning from that, I'm like, you're right. Like anytime you hear like your phone bings or whatever, you know, it kind of yeah. like di di distracts from that. And so putting that in the other room is such a simple thing. But for them, it's like everything. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh, you, what I loved about everything that you just said is that not one time did I hear anything about net worth, money, right? right. Like, uh, and, and so much of, I think a lot of where social media and uh, I hate to always blame it on social media because right. <laughs> uh, it, it seems like it's such a simple scapegoat, right? But it's just our, I would say where I see a lot of people trying to tie up their core value is around that bank account and that paycheck and that thing that they have, as opposed to the actual connection with other people that you care about. And it's, you know, it's funny, it's, it, you, I come across people all the time in my line of work that are so, you can just tell they're just so innately happy, right? They're happy people. Um, and they make maybe $40,000 a year. They make $50,000 a year. And I always get envious of them because I'm in that same boat, right? Where I'm still grappling with, I want to be so successful in my career. I want to have a large impact on people and I want the money that comes along with it because I got to support a family. Uh, but also at the same time, I want to be innately happy and connect with people. Um, and I think, you know, exactly what you were saying, I was thinking about when have I connected with my wife, like really, really connect it. And for us, it's really going on those walks after dinner where both of us leave our cell phones at the house, right? It's, we will, uh, in two miles, we will live. We don't need to talk to anyone else besides each other. And it really does force, um, you know, some good, thoughtful, in-depth conversations that we can then have, um, and, and connect with each other. And I will tell you, you want to add fuel on the fire, do that right after a therapy session with a therapist. And the therapist has helped you open up a can of worms and, and process your thoughts and feelings. Yeah. You could, you, I create some really, really good uh, connections. So I'm glad you shared that because that helped me process some of what are, what are my core values. And, and I think that's an exercise that I'm going to go through as well. Um, sure. 
What uh, I know we're running up on time here, so I, I want to kind of leave the floor to you and and see, you know, if you could tell anyone that's listening biggest things that they should take away from this or, you know, some of the some of the best things that they should try to implement in their life moving forward to be happier, healthier um, and create better connections with their family and loved ones. What would it be? And that is a great question. And I could we could have another 13 podcasts on this. <laughs> Um, one of the things I want to hit on is, is kind of what you talked about. Um, and it can be from social media. It's kind of like what we make out of it. Um, sort of like how I blamed my career for losing track of my family and whatnot. But in reality, um, it was me. I, I, I take full responsibility for that. But one of the things you talked about is something that I get trapped in a lot. And that is like watching people on social media and thinking that it's all perfect for them mm. um, or seeing what they're striving and what they're achieving. One of the things that has really helped me since being a part of mastermind teams is defining what success would look like for me. So defining what success would look like for me. So, um, you know, you see somebody doing something on social media, whether it's, uh, you know, they got six pack abs or they're connecting with their wife, they're over here, they're, they're going on a great vacation. And then a lot of times we now think that that should be our goal or that's what success really looks like, but it's an individual thing. It's a very individual thing. And so realizing that you get to determine what success looks like is so important now, because what will happen is, you know, there's like, I forget how the quote is, but like, sometimes you start climbing a, um, uh, a ladder. And when you get to the top, you realize you climbed the wrong one, right? You, you, you got to the top, but you're at the top of somebody else's ladder, right? Or somebody else's building and really sitting back and, and asking yourself, what does success look like? So if you're like, you know what, it is January 1st and I'm going to make um, my health a priority. Like, what does that mean? Like the more granular you can get, like, what does success look like? Does that mean you're going to, you know, go out and, and walk for 30 minutes a night? Does that mean that you're going to drink more water? Does that mean like, what does actual success look like for you? And it should not be tied to somebody else's success, right? It should be like your version of success. And, and I love that you did that with your wife, because like when you sit back and you think about like, what is my version of success? What does my version of connection feel like for my wife and I? Like you can sit down and you can analyze that and you can start saying, you know what? Okay, if that's what success looks like, guess what? I can do that tonight. Mm -hmm. I can be successful tonight. I can spend 45 minutes on a walk and just basically have like two or three questions that are going to generate some really great conversations. And, and um, I mean, hats off for you uh, being vulnerable with her because that is how women connect, man. Like, Every time that I'm vulnerable and I, I talk about like a hole in my, in my armor, like boom, she's attached. And afterwards it's like, we're just connected on a different level. And I was so afraid to do that beforehand. Um, but like realizing that that's what success looks like for you, that you should be pretty damn happy right now because you have that, right? You have right. that connection with her and it's not like this mythical place that you're going to experience, you know, two years from now. And so you can actually start experiencing that success now. Um, and, and really just defining it for yourself instead of letting other people, the media, this social media, all that kind of stuff, define what success looks like, like just define that for yourself. And then, you know, you just work, work in reverse, right? What, what do I need to do? What are these steps that I need to take every day? Right? Because it's not the actions that we take once a week or once a month. It's like, what am I going to do every single day to move towards that? What my version of success is, and you'll get there. It's just a matter of, you know, trying new things and, and getting out of your comfort zone and surrounding yourself with, the, I mean, all the people that we kind of talked about are all the things that we talked about here today. Um, but it's just so powerful to define success for yourself. You, sometimes you realize, like I've done this too. Like, I'm like, man, I just want to reach like 
100,000 police officers. And I, mm. I don't take a moment to go, holy crap, I've already reached like at least 50,000 of them. Like from my social media, I've reached over 100,000. I'm like, dude, like, why am I always constantly looking for like some success thing that I want to achieve out there when like I already have that version or that level of success? Same with you. I mean, you got a podcast together. You're interviewing people. People are coming on your stuff. You're like, holy crap, this is what success looks like. Maybe I don't have the bank account. Maybe I don't have all these other things. But hell yeah, I'm successful because this is what I want to do, right? Yeah. And you're doing what you want to do. And you don't get in that opportunity to see that because you're looking at every, everybody else's success who has like 100,000 you know, downloads a, a, a week or something like that, right? You don't realize, holy crap, look at how far I've come. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, I couldn't have said it any better. Uh, this has been... Yeah, I, I love your mindset. I love the way that you uh, take your thoughts and can communicate it because I think you give people some very clear, actionable, realistic steps that they can take. Uh, it's it's not a huge mountain that you have to overcome. It's like you said, defining what does that success look like for you personally, and then creating small wins in your life and small successes to create that consistency. Um, so this has been, I know, personally very helpful for me. I, I've loved it. I hope people that are listening can take a couple nuggets um, and implement some good solid strategies into their life to start living a healthier and happier life. So uh, Mark Hildebrand, really appreciate you coming on. You can follow him at Leo Family Fitness. Is that correct? That's correct. Perfect. I, I appreciate it. And I wish you and your family a uh, happy and healthy holiday. Thank you. And I, I, like I said, I greatly appreciate you for inviting me, but I think what people don't understand is when um, not only the amount of work that it takes to put something like this together, Dave, but also the growth that I experienced just from talking to people like you. So I just want to take a second. Thank you very much for just the great questions that you ask, but also like um, the, the, the level of a human being you are because it's, it's contagious, man. And I greatly appreciate it. I hope your, your listeners, I know that they appreciate it too. Just keep rocking it, man. I appreciate it.